0: or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's conversation with Dan. Um, you can see we're in different spaces right now, uh, but excited to be recording again this week. So we're gonna continue on with our series of Dan's gonna be given some big picture views for a particular Book, which Dan, we've been getting a lot of views on these. So, okay. I, I would, by numbers, hope that these have been useful and beneficial to you. I know that they've been a lot of fun for us to put together. So, for this week, where are we headed? We're going to take a look at the Book of First Corinthians. Okie okay, doke. No. So, well, first, is is there more to
1: it than Chapter Thirteen? Yes, there's a lot more than Chapter Thirteen, yeah. and there's a lot more. At, Uh, To it than a random uh, collection of discussions on different topics. Mm. There's really some things that hold the whole book together, and that's what we hope to talk about
0: today. All right, so let's get down to it. What would you what would you say is the big picture kind of that ties all of those different teachings together?
1: All right, in in First Corinthians, of course, you're dealing with a a a divided church, and Mm -hmm. this divided church had several hot points that were causing the division among them. And uh, Paul gives a solution for their divisions, and Mm. then that solution is applied in each particular uh, thing that was dividing the people. Okay. There are a few key touchpoint passages that hold all this together. Yeah. So so first, let's look at 1 Corinthians 1 verse
0: 10, which is one of the three petitions in the book. Let's read that, Brother Jed. Yeah, he says, I I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be united in the same mind and the same judgment. All right, you as well as I know that when you have 14 people in the room, you usually have 14 different
1: opinions. How in the world can people be united in the same mind and in the same judgment? This is a heavy command, and the Corinthians were very much divided even if you keep reading the verses there over who baptized them and they thought they were yeah. better than each other in regard to who baptized. them. Uh, the first four chapters really lay the foundation for the whole rest of the book, because mm. Paul introduces two kinds of wisdom. Okay. And it seems like the competitive Corinthians were all about uh, your pedigree and your worldly wisdom. And uh, I'm smarter than you are. And Paul was all about, there's divine wisdom that none of us could figure out, and that's the only kind that counts. Mm-hmm. So if you'll read for us 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 23, okay. I think you'll see him talking about those two kinds of wisdom.
0: Yeah. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demanded signs, and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and folly to the Gentiles. All right, and one more, verse 24. Sure. But to those who are called, both the Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God.
1: All right, there are two kinds of wisdom. There is God's wisdom and the worldly wisdom, and God's wisdom is all about Christ, Mm -hmm. If you go down to verse 26, uh, behold your calling, Christianity, brothers, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty. And down in verse uh, uh, 27, God chose the foolish things of this world so that he might shame the
0: wise. Uh, Go over to chapter two, verse one, read that for us. He says, "And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. All right. So, in other
1: words, Paul didn't tout his degrees or his training or anything. He just told them the story of Jesus and what God revealed to him, which had absolutely nothing to do with his study as far as outside studies. It had only to do with what God had revealed to him. Yeah. Um, If you go over to chapter two, verse six. Okay. He talks about the whole plan of God that comes mm. through the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of men. Read six through, uh, read six and then read verse nine if you would there.
0: Okay, it says yet among the nature or uh, among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. And skipping down to nine, but it is as it is written. What no eye has seen, no, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. All right. No
1: human eye has ever seen God's wisdom. No human ear has ever heard it in their own searching or studying. God's wisdom has never entered into the mind of man when man tries to figure it out on, on his own. Yeah. Only God can reveal his wisdom. Mm -hmm. So Paul's point here in the first four chapters is that as an apostle, God has revealed to him directly God's wisdom. Mm. and God's wisdom is the only thing that counts for people that believe in divine revelation. Mm -hmm. Look at uh, chapter four
0: and let's go over to verse 15 and 16. Okay. He says, for though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. All right. In other words, you need
1: to listen to what I say. Now, Mm. that would sound very presumptuous if it came from either one of us or anybody else. Yeah. But Paul is making the argument that since what I'm telling you came directly by divine revelation, Mm. you need to listen to what I say. And yeah. if you'll read the next two verses, he makes clear what he means, 17 and 18 there.
0: Yeah, he says, that is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. That's Some, good enough. Okay. So I'm
1: sending Timothy, and he's going to remind you of my ways that I teach everywhere in every church. Mm. Basis of Paul's teaching in every church was the wisdom of God.
0: Yeah. So and we could go.
1: Paul is saying, do what I say.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say, we could go back, like, and First Corinthians, we could read about its founding there in the book of Acts and things. But Paul had been confirmed by the other apostles, you know, and uh, there had been witnesses for him and all that. So again, there's those people might say, oh, but that's just the example of another preacher stepping out but he was yeah. confirmed time and time again by the Spirit and the other apostles around him. So,
1: Right. If you, if you go back to chapter 2, where we were talking about this divine wisdom, mm-hmm. look at what he claims in verses 10 through uh, 14. He's talking about people that accept divine wisdom and people that only mm-hmm. hang on to human wisdom.
0: Yeah. Uh, starting in verse 10, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in the, wor- in the words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. All right, and one more, actually two more. Okay. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. Sounds like earlier chapter. That's uh, the
1: Corinthians, yeah. Yeah.
0: And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. All right. The
1: spiritual person is the person that accepts divine wisdom. Mm. See. Yeah. And so what he's trying to get them to do is to be spiritual people and respect the divinely revealed wisdom of God and let that be the end of the matter whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, they were competing with each other and arguing over their opinions, sharing their own wisdom. And if you go to chapter 4 verse 6, he really encapsulates the
0: problem at Corinth. Okay? He says I have applied all of these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit brothers that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another.
1: All right. So it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. only thing that matters is what does God say. Hmm. And Paul says in chapter four, verse 16, you need to listen to what I say because that's what God says. And I've sent Timothy to tell you what I teach everywhere in every church. Yeah. So then he just starts ticking off a list in chapter five. He says, yeah. OK, divided over what to do about this guy living with his father's wife. Here's what God says. Yeah. In Chapter six and seven, he says you're divided over sexual matters and how to behave sexually and about marriage. Let me tell you what God says yeah. about that. In chapters eight through 10, he says you're divided over whether you ought to eat meat, sacrifice to idols, and go to these events. And he says, let me tell you what God says. He says, flee from idolatry. Mm -hmm. In chapter 11, he says, you're divided over the Lord's Supper and how to dress at church. Let me tell you how you don't need to be doing the Lord's Supper and how you do need to be doing the Lord's Supper. Listen to what I'm saying, see? And then when you go to chapter uh, 12 and 13 and 14... They were divided over their use of spiritual gifts and they were competing for the stage on the, with their spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And he said, you've got to use them for the edification of the whole body. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of key passages like chapter 14, verse 26 is a key passage in there.
0: Okay. It says- We all got these different
1: gifts. We all want the stage. How can we find unity? Here it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what then, brothers- When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all of these things be done for building up. That's right.
1: You're going to build up the rest of the body. He said the tongue speakers need to be quiet because they can't build up the rest of the body. Unless there's a translator. They need to take turns if they speak and so that everything can be unified in chapter 15. They were divided over the resurrection yeah. of the dead. And he says, This is what God says. This is what you need to believe. And then finally, in chapter 16, he tries to unify them in a good work by making a contribution to the poor saints. Hmm. But look what he says in 16, 15, and 16. That's another a petition. Okay. Let's read that.
0: He says, Now I urge you, brothers. You know that the household of Siphonus were the first converts in Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to such as those and to every fellow worker and laborer. All right, here's the three petitions
1: in the book of Corinthians. One ten says, I beg you not to have divisions, but to all think the same way and speak the same thing. Mm -hmm. Then the second one, which summarizes the argument about human wisdom and divine wisdom and is in four sixteen. paul says <clears throat> i'm your father in the gospel i'm an apostle be imitators of me yeah and i've sent timothy to tell you what i teach in every church and then the third one is in chapter 16 verse 15 you people are fighting and squabbling but there's one family there that will provide you some good spiritual leadership toward unity and that's the family of stephanus who instead of squabbling and dividing is just dedicating themselves to the work of the Lord, those people will lead you in the right direction. So Mm -hmm. really the book of Corinthians is a book about how to find unity and how to find the solution to all these problems. And the answer is you got to take God's wisdom, not man's. Yeah. That's what it's
0: about. So there's all the issues and his answer to all the issues continues to be, you need to be focused on Christ. Well, more than that, it means you do what the Apostle
1: Paul says because he's gotten his wisdom directly from God.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some people
1: say, I'm focused on Christ, but I don't agree with what Paul said about idolatry. Or, I'm focused on Christ, but I don't agree with what he said on marriage. Or, I'm focused on, you know, that's not the
0: message of Corinthians. (laughs) (laughs) See what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't say you're focused on Christ and then go, but I don't trust his messenger sort of thing. That's right. I don't trust the, the divinely revealed message of his apostles. Yeah. And especially, you know, I've always thought that 15 is kind of his closing argument to all of that because he's going and all of that is based on the fact that he did raise again. He spoke to me again, you know, all these different things. That's right. That's right. Very good. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't think I have any other questions really. I mean, it's. No, that's pretty much
1: what the book's about. And uh, it does hold together based on those things, the three petitions, and yeah. striving for unity, and they were divided over so many things. What are we divided over today? What does God say? That's where we should find our unity.
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of times, First Corinthians tends to be just pulled piecemeal out to answer mm-hmm. a certain question, and it's not given that sort of full context view, which is why I think you end up getting First Corinthians 13 as a passage about just marriage and love rather than spiritual unity through love. Well,
1: 1 Corinthians 13 is part of the discussion of not competing with your spiritual gifts, but how, what the principle is for yeah. using your spiritual gift in church is the principle of love. How can I use it in a way that's good for the rest of the body of Christ? That's what 1 Corinthians 13 is really about in the context of the book. Yeah. Okay. There's also a, a string of um, passages in the book that talk about being arrogant or puffed up. And that's because they were competing on their own merits instead of just listening to the wisdom of God.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, I I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. Me too. And then we can let them all fight it out in the comments about which one of us they like better, Paul or Apollos, Dan or Jed. Well, they probably like Jed because he's younger and he's got him a beard and stuff like that.
1: We'll talk to y'all next time. All All right. right. Y'all have a good week. Bye.
0: Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.